Hey everybody, Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, REI in your car, whatever you want to call it. How's it going? Today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how to stay out of trouble as a wholesaler. Are you interested? hope you guys are doing well. I'm driving home from having coffee with a good friend here in St. Louis who's a very active wholesaler. And it's so funny. (laughs) Um, I give this guy a hard time and I don't think he'd mind me saying this because I'm not going to give you his or her name. But um, every time he or she (laughs) calls me and uh, wants to have coffee. I rarely ever do this, right? It's like with only people I like because I get a lot of requests. Hey, can we have lunch or coffee or whatever? And I, yeah, I'm busy. Sorry. But this guy, yeah, I I just like him a lot. Anyway, every time, and I knew this was going to happen. I should have recorded this podcast before (laughs) I went to uh, hang out with him. But, uh, he was going to be not complaining, but talking about how things are getting harder. Like what's going on? The market's changed. You know, it's, it's slowing down and he's nervous. And what do I do now? Any tips or advice? And, uh, I asked him what I ask every wholesaler. When was the last time he did any marketing for buyers? Oh, I could see him roll his eyes. He's heard this before. (laughs) He said, it's been a long time, Joe. I said, Oh, really? Hmm. So, uh, Maybe you should do some more marketing for buyers. That's a great idea, Joe. <laughs> and uh, he actually, we're, we're working on doing something together, and I'm going to help him with some more, more marketing for buyers. But I can tell you this. It's really simple, guys. If you want to stay out of trouble as a wholesaler in terms of, of, of a lack of deal flow, go marketing for some buyers so important. It's not what you think. It's not go out and do more marketing for sellers. It's go do some more marketing for buyers. Why? Well, let's look at this in the big picture. Who's your customer? In a wholesaling business, who's your customer? Well, in in any business, right? Who's your customer? A customer is the one with the money. The one with the money that will buy whatever it is that you're trying to sell. So many people in wholesaling get it wrong. They think the customer is the seller. We're always working so hard to find sellers and talk to them and, you know, get them under contract. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying, what if we focused as wholesalers more attention on finding the buyers first? Here's the advantage when you're shopping for what it's, well, let me say this. It's always so much easier to do deals when you have buyers with cash because it's easier to shop for what buyers want than to try to sell them what you have. Imagine having a bowl of spaghetti and you walk out on the street, on a busy street, you start trying to sell your bowl of spaghetti to people. Number one, they're going to think you're weird and they're just going to be like, ah. So, you know, you go and you find people who like spaghetti and you start selling it to them. It's like, ah, it's cold. It's, that's not exactly what they want. They like Parmesan cheese and you don't have Parmesan on there or they don't, they're gluten free and they don't like your noodles or whatever. So, but what if instead you found the people who like spaghetti first or whatever they like, it doesn't have to be spaghetti. You find the people who like Italian food and then you ask them, Hey, what do you like? What are you looking for? 
and then you go find it for them. You go make it for them. You can find out they like lasagna. So then you go find lasagna and you sell it. Do you think you're going to have an easier time shopping for what buyers want or selling them on what you have? It's a huge difference. And even if you already have a bunch of buyers, you should always be marketing for buyers. Because guess what happens? Your buyers, they get finicky. They get picky. They start getting fat and greedy. And they're not too happy with you making 10 grand anymore on their deals, right? They're like, man, this isn't fair. I'm doing all the work. I'm putting up all the money. I'm taking all the risk. And you're just making 10 grand? No. But you say, oh, I like these buyers because they're reliable. I know they're going to close on my deals. I know they're consistent. You know, they're, they're, they're going to close on these deals. Here's the problem. You start getting cozy with your buyers. You start becoming employees of your buyers. And your $10,000 profits goes down to seven, goes down to five, goes down to three. And all of a sudden, you're an employee of the buyer. Don't do that. And buyers get finicky, you know, they all of a sudden they have, a, they're really at one point, you know, they're, they're hungry. They have a huge appetite. They want a lot of deals. They'll, they'll pay a lot of money, but then the people above them are like, Oh, why are we paying so much? We could save some money. Let's why, where's all the money going? And they see you in the middle, this wholesaler dude, like, who's this guy? And we're paying him how much? Right. And they're going to be like, no, screw that. We can get other people to bring us deals. We get, so the bigger the buyer gets, the more greedy they get. I see this all the time. And this is what's happening with this guy I had coffee with. You know, his buyers are starting to become more picky. They're not buying as many deals and uh, they need bigger margins. And also we're coming out of the new year. So people, you know, they, they just, maybe the grass starts getting greener on the other side of the fence. So maybe these buyers, instead of St. Louis buying deals in St. Louis, they're, they're looking at Kansas City, or they're looking at Indianapolis, Indiana, some other markets where maybe the numbers are better. So you've always, always got to be marketing for buyers. If you want to stay out of trouble, always be marketing for buyers. And what does that mean? Well, lots of things, you know, network with your local real estate clubs. I know I'm guilty of this. I don't like going to local RIAs because I'm above that. You know, I, I am a professional uh, full-time, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to tell you like a lot of investors and wholesalers don't go to RIAs because they're like, I don't want to hang out with people below me. Like I don't want to hang out with all of these beginners and these, I, I, I want to say, uh, people posers, you know, did you ever use that term posers? I did in high school. A poser is somebody that pretends to be or is a wannabe surfer or a skateboarder or break dancer. We'd call them posers. Uh, I was a poser my whole life in high school. I was a complete nerd. Anyway, so these posers at these local real estate clubs, you know, you don't want to hang out with them. They always, they're just, they're, they're all talk, they're no action. But here's the thing. There's a lot of buyers that go to these RIA clubs. Maybe they only go to one or two meetings, but they're there. You need to be networking with them. What else can you do? How else do you find buyers? Well, my favorite way is to go see who are the out-of-state buyers that are already buying out-of-state in other markets. So what are the hot turnkey markets? Well, there's a lot of them in Ohio, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, maybe parts of Nevada, Arizona. So there's markets where all these investors and, and big hedge funds are still, even today, even after the market's slowing down, they're still buying a lot of deals. They're still buying a lot of deals. And so what if you went and you found out 
who those buyers were that are buying homes in Memphis, Tennessee, from outside of the state of Tennessee. And you send them letters. You send them letters saying, hey, you know what? We are the premier real estate investing company in St. Louis, Missouri. We noticed that you just bought a house in Blah in Memphis. It appears that maybe you're an investor. Listen, if you're looking to get more, you find more deals, St. Louis is a great place. Give me a call and let's talk and we'll tell you about what we have. See if you're interested. And then that phone number that goes on the letter, where does that phone number go? Does it go to voicemail? No. It goes to your cell phone. You're not going to get a ton of calls with these letters, but these letters will get your phone to ring and the people who do call you will be interested, motivated buyers. And you know why they're going to do business with you? Because you're the only one who answers their phone. This guy I was with this morning, that's why he's, he's done, he averages, I don't know, 90 deals a year. He's been doing that for about four or five years. And we've had like at least three or four of these conversations, which is so funny. I think he just likes to hang out and have coffee or something. But, you know, he is like every time he's like, oh, man, this is slowing down. I'm nervous. Like, what's going on? And uh, he'll, hey, have you um, marketed for buyers lately? Oh, no. Well, can we do that again? <laughs> yeah, sure. So we got a deal worked out where I help him and I do some, I do the marketing and then we split the profits on the, on these deals. But I'm telling you guys, these buyers are out there. You may be worried that the prices are going up. You know, these houses that used to sell for 60 are now selling for 70 and your buyers don't want those anymore because the margins are being squeezed. Well, you're not, your, your market that you're selling these deals to are not your old buyers. You need to find new buyers that are happy to pay 70 grand because they're in California where prices have gone up from 400 to 500 to $600,000 for little three bedroom ranches. And they see like what they just read a book or heard a seminar about real estate investing. And they're like, what you can buy houses for 80 grand and they rent for 900, a thousand a month. Oh my gosh. They start hyperventilating. They're getting excited, right? Those are the buyers. And so you can find them by, they're already buying in other states and they're already comfortable with buying houses in other cities from outside of their state. Those are the people that you start targeting. And that's an easy list to get. You can get that list by looking, let's just say Shelby County, Tennessee. You go into Shelby County, Tennessee in the county records or in list source or something. And you say, all right, in the last six months to the year, show me all of the investors who bought property in Shelby County, absentee owners, from outside of Shelby County. So when you're doing your buyer marketing, don't target buyers that are already buying in your market. That's a huge mistake. You want to target buyers that are buying in other markets outside of yours from outside of those states. Those are the best buyers. And you know, because what's going to happen? They they might be complaining that the deals in Memphis aren't any good anymore or that they're, they're complaining about the property management company or this is really common. They can't ever talk to anybody in Memphis. You know, they're in San Francisco. They're trying to build their rental portfolio and uh, this company that they work, were working with was really responsive at the beginning, but now they're not returning any of their phone calls and it's too hard to get a hold of anybody and they're getting frustrated. They get a letter from you, they call you, and guess what? You answer your phone. I'm like, oh, somebody can answer their phone. This is the, I'm hoping somebody's listening to this. Are you listening to this, like seriously? Are you really, are you listening to this? The fastest way to a deal wholesaling is finding buyers first, finding the buyers first and go finding what they want. Now, 
do you need to get your license to do that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I recommend getting your license anyway. Why not? It's not going to hurt anything. Go ahead and get your license. But get your license if you want. Otherwise, you know, do JV agreements or um, partnering agreements or something like that on these deals, right? You can find a way to do it. Where there's a will, there's a way. But uh, get out there. Start marketing for buyers. If you want to stay out of trouble, this is all you got. Oh, let me give you one other piece of advice here. Hold on a second. I'm going to pause this while I turn my car off and go step outside. All right, one other piece of advice. Um, Whatever you do, don't use your own money to start buying deals where you rehab them in the hopes of then wholesaling them out and selling them. That's kind of, you know, there's different ways to do that. Some of it is called hotailing. Uh, I don't recommend that. I think there's way too much risk, especially now as the market is slowing down and uh, buyers are getting more skittish, retail buyers especially, right? Even investor buyers, but don't do that. You should never, ever, ever use your own money to close on these deals while you fix them up to try to sell them to buyers, investor buyers or retail buyers. I mean, I just think you're asking for trouble by doing that. Um, wholetailing, here's the thing. If you want to be rehabbing houses, you're just asking for trouble. And it's, it's really all rehabbing is, is a giant, uh, adult daycare. That's what rehabbing is. One of the things that I was talking about with this gentleman today was these deals. I mean, he had this really active buyer that was buying everything, but this buyer he became an employee to this buyer. And then a buyer said, hey, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and close these deals, fix them up, then I'll buy them uh, or, and or wholesale them and you'll make more money. So he's making more money on these deals, but he's also got way more money at risk. And so now this buyer is starting to get nervous and is not buying these houses as quickly as he used to, or he's not being able to sell them as quickly as he used to. And now he's getting nervous because he's got all of his money tied up in these three deals and the rehab is more than he thought it would be. It's taking longer to sell them than he thought it would take. And he's going to have to sell them maybe at a loss just to get rid of them. Well, you don't want to ever be in that situation. If you are in the job of selling rentals as turnkey deals to investors, here's a really important point. Always use the investor's money to buy the house and fix it up, all right? And don't ever rehab or do a turnkey deal, a house like this with a property that needs more than five to 10 grand in work, maybe 15 grand, all right? You never wanna do this on big gut rehabs. When you're selling rental properties to investors, my advice, and I got this advice originally from somebody who's been in the business a lot longer than I have and has done a lot more deals than I have, And I listened to him. This is really good advice. Pay attention. Don't ever wholesale these turnkey deals with other investors' cash on properties that need more than 10 grand in work. Maybe 15, maybe, depending on where you live, right? But you only do these things on cosmetic rehabs. You don't want to be tearing down walls. You don't want to be reinstalling entire brand new electrical plumbing, HVAC systems. You only want to do this on the 10 grand uh, little quick lipstick rehabs. Make sense? Word of advice from somebody who has seen a lot of people make mistakes. Cool?
All right, I am uh, standing outside and I'm freezing, so I'm going to go. Appreciate you guys. Um, If you ever do ask me for coffee, and if I say yes, just be careful what you talk to me about because I will be talking about it probably in a podcast. It's kind of funny. But anyway, um, we'll see you guys later. Hey, if you want, let's see, what can I give to you guys? (sighs) Yeah, how about this? If you would like to talk about working with me one-on-one as a private client, go to coachjoe.net, coachjoe.net. And something similar to what I'm doing with this guy where we set up stuff and we do the marketing and we split the deals. We do that for folks. Uh, Go to uh, coachjoe.net, coachjoe.net. And maybe if you're in the St. Louis area, we can have coffee together. And if you tell me in advance, hey, don't do a podcast on this, I won't. (laughs) But also we do uh, private client workshops about once a month where we work with clients and uh, we set up their systems and set up all of their uh, stuff and do the marketing with them and for them. So if you're interested in getting more information about that, go to coachjoe.net. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and if we feel like you're a good fit. And if you feel like you're a good fit and you like us and we like you, then uh, we'll work together. Cool? Coachjoe.net. We'll see you guys. Take care.